0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer three service times for you to choose from. We have kids' classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, Saturdays at 5 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Now, here's an encouraging word. This morning, my friends, I have a word that is rated M. It's for a mature audience only. Ask your neighbor, can you handle it? We're about to find out. Once in a while, I do believe God wants to take us deeper. Again, like going to the gym. If you only stay with the 10-pound dumbbells, You know, God's like, let's put on a little more. Yeah. What's the point of going to the gym? You're putting tension on your muscles so your muscles to grow. Your muscles are already there. you just putting tension on it. God's like, I got to put some tension on you so you can grow a little more. Tell your neighbor, can you handle it? So it's a mature word that you're going to have to buckle in a little bit. And if it gets a little hot in here, don't leave the kitchen. That means God's about to cook something really well, really good. Stay in the kitchen. And if you got a small bladder, pray for a bigger one. But sometimes it's not a bladder, it's conviction. Hello, somebody. Stay in the kitchen. Let God do what he needs to do. Tell your neighbor, don't go anywhere. Stay in it. So today we're going to talk about the next part of what it means to have church at home. Is the reality that we need to own our roles. Tell your neighbor, you got to own it. God has a role for you to play. You have to own your role. And you have to know what that role looks like. So f- for you to be able to execute your role well. And a lot, of re- a lot of times the reason why our lives are a mess is because we haven't understood that we have a role to play. And if you don't know what role to play, you will play all the wrong roles. You ever seen a rapper trying to be an actor? <laughs> or you ever seen an actor try to rap? Confused of identity. Tell your neighbor, stay in your lane. And play your role well. The Bible says this in First Peter chapter 3. Peter, one of the first disciples of Jesus, says this about this role that we have to play in our relationships. He says, now let me speak to the wives. Be devoted to your own husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word of God, your kind conduct may win them over without you saying a thing. So, so let's make a quick observation here. You notice he said, for those of you who might have a relationship with Jesus, but your significant other is not there yet. I say yet yeah because I believe that you continue to pray and continue to prophesy and continue to believe says the best thing you can do is what we talked about last week, lead by example. Right? Let your life speak over them so you can win them over without you saying a thing. For when they observe your pure, godly life before God, it will impact them deeply. Let your true beauty come from your inner personality, not a focus on the external. For lasting beauty comes from a gentle and peaceful spirit. Which is precious in God's sight and is much more important than the outward adornment of elaborate hair, jewelry, and fine clothes. And all the ladies said amen. And all the fellas said amen. and all the fellas who want to save money said yeah. <laughs> Ladies, that was a weak amen. And I always have your back, but you gotta also have my back up here. All the ladies said, Amen. Thank you. Now, the fellas, jump down to verse 7. Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored, for they are co heirs with you of the divine grace of life, so that nothing will Hinder your prayers, and all the men said Amen. And all the men grabbed the alley-oop and said, Amen. "My God, Help us, Jesus." <laughs> you know, this, this come in February, my wife and I will be married 14 years. And we've been together for 16 years. And, uh, and it's awesome. I love a marriage. And I know some of you guys have much longer time than that. 20, 30, 40. That's my goal. I met a man last night. He's like, I've been married 40 years. I'm like, that's the goal. As long as we're on this side of life is to honor each other and to be a blessing to each other. And till death do us part, can you say Amen. Amen. But I remember about two, maybe two or three years into this marriage, I had this revelation that the truth is, it's not much of a revelation, but a lot of times in life, it's the obvious stuff that becomes revelation. Stuff that we take for granted, that all of a sudden hits home. But I remember about two or three years into our marriage, you know, bumping heads, a lot of it was my fault. As you guys told you, I lose every battle because she has the Holy Spirit on her side. And, and you can't win when the Holy Spirit is not with you. You just can't win. I don't care how much you throw a fit, the Holy Spirit is like, you're on your own. You know? But it dawned on me, this is the revelation that I had, that perhaps I am playing a single player game when it's supposed to be a team game. Again, I know for some of you they're like that ain't no revelation, but the reality is in life is that a lot of times we know, but the doing. See, Christians, we know a lot. But the goal is to bridge the gap between what I'm know and what I'm doing. Right? And, and I, my prayer always for us as a church is that each day, hopefully, we're getting better by 1% of bridging the gap between what I'm knowing, what I know, and what I'm doing. Can you say amen? Because I remember that we took premarital classes, and I remember only one thing from those classes. I don't know why, but this is the only thing that stood out to me before we got married, we took these classes. As you guys know, when you're getting married, you're not really paying attention. You're just like, I, I want to get married. So <laughs> Whatever people are saying, you're like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. It's like when I do weddings. I try to keep them short because I'm like, no one's paying attention. They're just looking at me like, uh-huh. Can I kiss the bride now? Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I tell people, record it and go, listen, you made vows. <laughs> you just weren't paying attention. That, that was kind of funny. <clears throat> but I remember the man said this. I don't know why this stood out to me, but he said... Remember, no one has a crystal ball. So if you don't communicate what you're feeling, what you're going through, don't expect the other person to know what you're going through. How many know that, that is a, that's a great advice? But knowing it and doing it are two different things. It wasn't until two, three years into it that I'm like, I'm expecting her to know how I feel. We live in the same house. How many know we take a lot for granted just because we live in the same house? Like, you can live in the same house for a year with, with someone and be passing ships in the night. And so, my friends, it's important that we understand that this thing called church starts at home is a team game, not playing tennis. We just had a turkey bowl, and we beat the under-30 guys. And one of the under-30 guys came up to me after the game. He goes, actually, send me a message on the gram, because, you know, that's where they live. Um, And he said, you guys couldn't stop me today. And I said, the good thing is we won't play in tennis. I think it went over his head, just like it went over a lot of people's heads just now. But then again, it's expected when you're under 30. Isn't that amazing? A lot of things you think you know under 30, and then you begin to relive those things when you're past that. You ever get advice from people who just started having kids, and they think they know a lot. I remember one time my wife and I were on vacation. And this waitress was like, I'm writing a book on raising children. And we're like, let's, just, let's see how this goes. We're not going to tell her anything. I'm not going to tell her we have five kids. So we ask, how many kids do you have? Oh, first one on the way. Tell us about the book. Oh, one chapter is never tell your kid no. I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. This, this is gonna be really good. So we let her go on and on about our philosophies about raising kids. And then halfway, I was like, I told my wife, I had enough. Can we just tell her, like, we have five kids and we're still trying to figure it out? So when we told her we have five kids, i whole holding me to change. And she's like, gave her the check. <laughs> you know? Because it's one thing to know, it's another thing when you're in the thick of it and when you're doing it, it's two different things. Right, and so listen, the Bible is clear that man and woman are different. I know, not revelation. But according to our society right now, we're not sure. Uh-huh. Right? But it's critical that we understand, my friends, that as God's people, society does not define us. We are defined by the will and the purpose of God. And he said, I created male and female. Uh-huh. By the way, I said, rated M. I'm talking to a mature audience, right? That the reality is from the beginning, he said, I created Adam. And, I, and he was like, it was not good for him to be alone. And we don't know how long Adam was alone in the garden until God said, let's bring Eve. But some of the, some of the signs that Adam was kind of losing it by himself is because Adam starts talking to animals and God's like, I didn't call you to be Dr. Dolittle. Like, <laughs> So God's like, I'm going to... I'm going to create a suitable partner. I love that word suitable because he didn't say perfect. He said ideal. And he says the two of you are going to live together, but there's a purpose to this relationship. This is where a lot of people get it wrong. We don't get into a relationship for the sake of it. We get into a relationship because there's a purpose. Especially as God's people, our relationships have purpose. In the beginning, he tells you what that purpose is. He says, You guys are gonna to be together, and together you're going to, to, to cultivate this place, and you're gonna have families, and your families are gonna have families, and you're gonna to begin to show who I am on the face of the planet. Every relationship that is God led and God orchestrated has a mission. That's why a lot of relationships don't work, because there's no mission. It's like, Why do we get together? I don't know. Because you're cute. That ain't enough. It has to be a mission to the whole thing. We're called to complement each other on this mission called life. Can you say amen? But we also play different roles. As much as society is screaming that we're the same, the reality is we are the same in in terms of no one is better than the other, but we have different roles. Right? Man has a role and women have a role. And when we don't know what that is, we got dudes being... And then we got females trying to be dudes. Well, so we got to make up our minds. What do we want? Do we want to be defined by what society says? Or do we want to get under the will of God and says, God, what, what is it that you said we should be about? My friends, when it comes to owning your roles, you have to understand that God has an order to everything that he does. God is not a God of chaos. God doesn't like chaos. Chaos is where it leads to dysfunctional families. God likes order. From the beginning, when God was created, the universe, he had order to the whole thing. The universe is amazingly structured. Go study science. Everything has an order to it. Right? When he created, he says, hey, today... This is good. I created the stars, the moons, and, and, and the sun. They all have orchestrated, like they all work together. Like if the sun, I don't, you have to understand this, if the sun was just one degree off, the place would be too cold. If it was one degree off this way, the place would be too hot. The sun is just right in this right place. Because God says, I got order and structure to everything I do. There's cells in your body right now, as orders to how, your, your cells know how to create more of you. Like yourself knows, no, you're Johnny, you're not Sally. So I know what I need to do to make more of Johnny. Every few years, your whole body is being restructured. You're a whole new person every few years because of God of order. So if that's so, why should we jump into our relationships without knowing what the structure is? Everything has structure. Everything has order. When there's no order in structure, we have chaos. And it it doesn't take rocket science to look at our society and go, this is chaotic. Right? We have no order. We we bash people. We bash the government. We bash police officers. We bash education. It's chaos. And we're like, God bless us. How is God going to bless something that's chaotic? God blesses order and structure. Can you say amen? And so from the beginning, it's clear that this is what it takes. I hope you take notes and talk to your significant other about this stuff. Because it's important that we are on the same page. But the Bible makes it clear that, listen, relationships according to God's will is about mutual submission. Mutual submission has to be in place if this thing is going to follow the blueprint that God had in mind. The word submission has been jacked up by a lot of insecure religious people. Because we don't read the Bible all the way. Got a lot of dudes talking about, you're supposed to submit to me, but you didn't keep reading. That this thing was supposed to be mutual. Because actually God puts more of a responsibility of the man. He says, "Now I want you to take care of her just like my son took care of the church, sacrificially, willingly, selflessly. So we have to be careful to not make the Bible into our own image. He said mutual submission. The word submission is a two-word there. It's under a mission. I get under a mission. See, God's plan for relationships is that it will be submitted to a mission. Even Jesus understood this. The Son of God, who was perfect, came to earth and said, I don't do anything without the Father. I am submitted to the authority of the Father. Everything that I say, everything that I do, and things I don't do, even He prayed, God, is there another way for me to get out of this? And God said, No. And so, okay, I'll submit whatever your will is. So, us, God's people, need to have this in place that I start from a place of submission first to God if I'm gonna have a relationship that is healthy to anybody else. Now, think about that. If both parties are not submitted to God, then something's gonna give. Think about it. If I am a believer in Jesus and I want my life to be blessed the way Jesus was blessed and and follow the will of God, then I need to also have a heart of submission. And I would not want to bring anyone into that equation who is not also submissive to Jesus. This is where the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. Why? Because sooner or later, the mission will lead, instead of submission, it leads to division. What is division? Division is when you have more than one vision. So think about it. You get with someone, first couple of dates, everybody's nice. Who in their right mind is a jerk at the first date? Or the second one? You know, we all behave, especially when we have an agenda. But sooner or later, when all of that weird feeling, you know, you me. When that goes away, you begin to see the real person. And then the problem is, you didn't check if this person was truly submitted. Let me say something. I'm talking to Christians today. Just because someone came to church doesn't mean they're not not, submitted to the will of God. I go to Shaw's, but I don't work there. I've been to many garages, but I'm not a car. There's a difference between going to church and being submitted to the head of the church, who is Jesus Christ. And soon and very soon, the reality of that begins to show. Because here's the thing. When you're submitted to Jesus, you're like, man, I, I love going to church. I want to serve. I want to be all in. And then if the person is not submitted, it's like, yeah, but dude, does it really have to be like that? We can go to the beach today. I believe in the principles of God. I want the tithe. I want my life and my family to be under God's blessing and umbrella. Church just want your money. Just keep, I, want to buy, I don't want to buy another pair of Jordans. I think it's important that our kids grow up in the church and learn about the will of God, learn the purpose of God. Come on, it's Sunday. Let's just take them to Chuck E. Cheese. We go early. No one will be there. And then when we go, I don't know what happened. I'll tell you what happened. It wasn't a mutual submission to the plan and the will of God for our lives. A better word for submission is the word permission. I give God permission to work in my life. God doesn't force his way in my life. Jesus even said, hey, no one takes my life away from me. I give it. I give God permission to align my my heart and my will with this purpose. And if I'm going to be in a relationship with someone, we give each other permission. And when we give each other permission, then we build trust. Because trust comes when I feel like, hey, we're on the same page. And we're going somewhere together. Right? Mutual submission has nothing to do with being better or smarter. That's another mistake our society makes. Why should I submit someone who's not smarter than me? It has nothing to do with being smarter. Remember this, the first person who had a problem with submission lived in heaven. And he said, I'm smarter than God. And God's like, well, then let's find out. Think about it. When we're not living in submission, we're living in rebellion. Nobody wants to to be told that. But read your Bibles. He said, I will be greater. I will do my own thing. Right? So it has nothing to do with better or smarter. It's about trusting the God-appointed order. If I want my life to be blessed, there's an order to it. There's a flow to it. I don't have to force anything. I tell you, when it comes to relationships, if you trust God, you don't have to force anything. If, 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 it's, if it's your heart's desire to be in a relationship, if that, the Bible says in Psalm 37, 5, delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you your heart's desire. You just have to trust that he has a purpose and a plan and a timing <laughs> for everything. So my friends, listen, it's about team over the individual. Christian marriages... Are different because they are rooted in mutual submission to Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of this relationship, Jesus is the Lord of this family, Jesus is the Lord of everything that we do. And together, we've decided we're gonna follow Jesus. As for me and my house, we're gonna follow the Lord. That's the blueprint for the things of God. Can you say amen? Our marriage has a mission. I do I, every time I do marriage classes, I always tell the couples, I hope you understand. Your marriage has a mission. You're not just getting married for each other. You're getting married to be a blessing, to be an example, to, 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 to reflect who God is on the face of the earth. Like God is not just going to bless you for you. God never blesses you for you. God always blesses you to be a blessing to somebody else. Your marriage has a mission. And it only truly works if both parties are submitted to Jesus. And, and, like, and like we said in the beginning, if you're already married and, and your spouse is not a believer... Your job is to keep being an example and keep praying and keep sowing and keep believing that God will bring them to salvation. It's interesting. The Bible is so simple. We complicate things. But the God gave you one principle each. He's like, hey, man, I, I got one principle for you. Woman, I got one principle for you when it comes to your relationships. This is it right here. Look. One principle for each. Gender. He said, woman, submit to your husband. In other words, Submit to your husband who is doing the will of God. And men, love your wife as Jesus loves the church. How? Sacrificially, willingly, selflessly. You see how this thing works when we're both working? I propose to you today, anytime your marriage is struggling, anytime your relationship is in trouble, is because one of these things is not in place. I can guarantee you that. Like you can explain to me for 45 minutes why your marriage is struggling. I will always come back to this. One of these is not in place. And what do we do? We blame each other. The guy says, "She's not submissive." The woman says, "Yeah, but he doesn't love me like Jesus." Go back to the Bible. Adam and Eve did it. God told Adam about the situation, and Adam, the dum dum, uh, 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 so when, when the thing happened, Eve was like, yo, the devil made me do it. Adam's like, yo, Eve made me do it. And, and we haven't stopped blaming each other since. But then there comes a place where we say, God, enough with the nonsense. I need to align myself with your order and your structure for my life. I want to be here. If I'm a woman, I want to learn what submission means. If I'm a man, I want to know what it means to love my wife the way that Christ loves the church. Because when these two things are in place, we're going somewhere. Because one is not better than the other. It's a mutual agreement that we're going to live life this way. Can you say amen? So the key, my friends, is if this is true and we're different, the key is we have to learn to speak each other's language. The problem is we want to be loved the way we want to be loved. But we don't realize that we're different. We talk different. We act different. We love different. And so it's important that we learn each other's languages when it comes to this principle. Like, ladies, you have to understand, if you want a man to listen to you, you have to speak the language of honor and respect. Fellas, that's an alley (laughs) Like, we listen when there's honor and respect. Why? It's built into our DNA. If you talk to us with honor and respect, man, you, 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 got, you our little girls understand this more than everybody else. Our daughters—they know, daddy. <laughs> and we're like, what, what, what do you want? What, what do you want? Like, it's, it's hard to say no to your daughters because they know how to play the. Like they like God. I know God already told me how to talk to dad. The problem is that you grow up, you forgot. Right? The little girls know, like my, my daughter, I, I hope they're not here right now, but they got me. This thug melts. Little girl says, Daddy, can we go to Chucky e. Cheese, Please. And they know how to stay there. Daddy, I love you. It's like, all right, let's go, let's, let's just go, let's, let's just go. Like, they know. I know how to boop, 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 boop. And they, don't look, at their, they, they look at their brothers like, suckers. Because dudes come, yo, can we go to Chuck E. Cheese? No! Because <laughs> we try to impose that will, like, they try to be men. Yo, can we go to Chuck E. Cheese? No! And, 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 man, if we want to speak to a woman for them to receive, there has to be safety and security there. Yeah. Yeah. They want to feel safe. They want to feel secure. Hell could be breaking loose around them. But if you say, honey, I got this. We're going to be okay. You're speaking our language. She doesn't care. She's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be okay. You said we're going to be okay. <laughs> so we got to learn to speak each other's language. Why? Because we care for each other. We're a team, right? It's worth the sacrifice to get into each other's worlds in order to have a better future. Can you say amen? amen. So my friends, let me, uh, I want to narrow it down. I want to get really specific about our roles here as man first because I'm a man, I can only, I'm not confused about my gender. I know who I am. <laughs> Seriously though, yeah. Yeah. Like, like we're going to let society tell us who we are or we're going to let God tell us who we are. Like, I know who I am. I'm a man. Like, my daughter might melt my heart, but I'll cut you. <laughs> then I'll pray for you. Because I'm a man of God. <laughs> right, yo, don't mess with me. There's still a thug in there when she's not around. Right, like, we can't be confused about who we are. Because society is confused about who they are. But as a man, my friends, I'm talking to the fellas for a second here. My friends, I I want us to catch this. We are responsible to lead. It's our calling. God put that calling in us. We're not called to to, to hang back. We're not called to be couch potatoes. We're not called to be like, yeah, you go do it. No, we're supposed to lead the way. We're supposed to be like Joshua. As for me. and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Like, that's my calling. That's who God created me to be. And, fellas, I would say this. When we don't lead, we leave a massive hole in the family dynamic. You see why our society is in trouble? Absent fathers. Absent fathers, to me, is one of the biggest detrimental things that's happened to our society. A lot of it stems from there. And the problem is, the reason why a lot of men are absent is because that's all they know. They only saw how not to do it. But, my friends, we are under the grace of God, we are under the new normal, we are going to start something new. We haven't seen it, but we are going to do it the way God intended for us to do it. My friends, I would tell you this, and guys, I know we have a hard time articulating our feelings, but I guarantee you this is how we feel. We feel incomplete when we're not leading. Like there's something in us that says I'm supposed to lead something. And when I'm not leading, I will channel that energy in destructive ways. A man who's not on mission is a man who is destroying something somewhere. I'm telling you, a man who's not on mission is out there wreaking havoc because he doesn't know that he is called to lead, not destroy. Because we're called to do something. That's why you find guys randomly wrestling. Like you see, like big dudes on the street corner. <laughs> It's like bro, take that energy, go raise a family, go get a job, go do something meaningful. Uh. <laughs> you got dudes 40 years old to talk about, oh, yo, I got you. Mike, yo, you can beat me up. Go beat your lust. Hey. Uh. Go beat poverty. Go beat integrity. Like, go beat the things that matter in life. Okay, you can beat me up, Uncle Rico. I'm trying to raise a family. I was playing soccer. <laughs> we were playing against these dudes. And we were starting to beat them. At first, the dude was like, yo, we just going to have a good game. Just have fun. And then we start beating him. Now he's like, yo, yo, we got to throw down. I'm like, bro, you got family? Because I'm trying to go home sane. I got five kids at home. This game ain't that serious to me. I'm just trying to break a sweat and not pull my hamstring, that's all I want. (laughs) You can beat me, cool, now go home and be something worth beating. Fellas, so important, when we run from commitment, we are running from our calling. We shouldn't run from commitment. Let me tell you something that's so real, it's a spiritual warfare. If you notice, every time things get tough at home, that voice, the enemy's voice says, leave. And because we don't discern that we're we're called to stay, we end up siding with the enemy who left a place because he didn't know how to submit to the divine will and plan for our life. And that's why we need to make declarations out loud when we're feeling those feelings. We need to say, no, no, As for me. I'm not going anywhere, this is my house, this is my family, these are my kids, this is my church, this is my neighborhood, this is my community, I'm not going, come hell or high water, my mind is made up, I am God's, I belong to him, my family belongs to him, we're going to fight together, we're not going to give the devil a foothold, I'm not going anywhere, I am committed to you forever. I'm telling you, speak like that to your kids, you're going to raise mighty kids. No, man, life gets tough sometimes, but my dad hung in there. He didn't go anywhere. I know some of you, your dads didn't stick around, but you are the new normal. You are the new ones who say no. He did that, but God has empowered me to stick around. Commitment is in our DNA. Stick around. Tell your neighbor, stick around. And fellas, learn to pastor your house. It's a big mistake That we think the pastor is the guy who preaches. No, God put that in all the men. To pastor your house. To lead your house. What is a pastor? I want to give you three simple things of what a pastor does. This is it right here. This is how you pastor your home. Your first objective is to seek God for your family. That's the number one thing that God put in my heart to become a pastor. He says, I want you to seek me for the church family. My first priority is to seek God for this church family and for my family at home. And and fellas, listen to me. This is very important. This is what we're trying to do here in an inner city in New Bedford. We need to start this thing. Because too many times we've taken a back seat and let the woman lead. And that's backwards, it's the man who leads. The woman comes alongside with us and we fight together, but they're supposed to watch us lead the way. And so Sunday comes around, we should be on the front line saying to the kids, we're going to church, shut off that TV. We're going to go see God together. It's a shame when the woman are getting the kids ready and we're over here watching ESPN. Worshiping Brady. Brady ain't coming to your house to heal your kids. Brady ain't coming to your house to heal your family. You better get Jesus in this right place in your life. Got dudes who know more stats about Brady than they know about the Heavenly Father. Better learn to seek God for your family. I wanna know the stats. You know what stats I'm impressed with? The word of God. I want to know, as for me and my house, we're serving God. I'm not the head, I'm the tail. No matter what comes my way, I'm gonna stand in the gap. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna give in. I'm gonna fight for my family. I'm gonna believe God for my family. That's the stats that I am into. My friends, we're called to feed our families physically and spiritually. The devil has lied to us that we're supposed to just be a provider physically. And and look how clever he is. He says, yeah, go ahead, work 40, 50, 60 hours. I'll raise your kids. The Bible even tells you, what is the point of winning the whole world and losing your soul? The soul of our families are in trouble because we're not present. What would be the point of making all that money but have an empty house? I've been in beautiful homes, who people are like, pray for us, because this house is empty. Our bank account is full, but our hearts are empty. Nothing wrong with making money, but it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's when we think that's how we provide. And for some of us, we need to unlearn what we learned from the old generation, who says, you provide for your family. Yeah, you do, but also you provide by being there. By being there. That's the real provision. You think the kids are going to remember how much money you make? Right. Right. They're going to remember if you were there. Yeah. And how many times they can come to you and have a conversation. Don't deflect it to mom. Come on. It's our job as men to have tough conversations with our kids. Right. Yep. And I'll talk more about raising kids next week. But my friends, we have to protect our families. This is not politically correct. But the reality is... Society is confused. They're starting young now. They want to treat their kids, trying to make them feel like they don't know who they are. Gender confusion. No. God made it clear, I know who you are. I created you as male. I created you as female. I got a purpose and a plan for your life. And I'm going to do everything I can to build you up on that. You protect your family by making sure that these worldly philosophies does not get into your house. You know you have to debrief your kids when they come home from school. Because not every teacher has your best interest in mind. Teachers have philosophies. They have worldviews, And it's up to me to come home and and, and ask my kids, "What what are you learning? So I can be involved in helping them understand, wait, yeah, he said that. But let's clarify that. But if I'm not involved, I have no idea what's happening. The bottom line for me is not raise kids who get straight A's. Kids can get straight A's and get an F in life. I want to raise kids who can read through the lines and say, wait a minute, that's not true. They're like, yeah, you said that, but that contradicts what I'm learning from my church family. That's why we take kids' ministry seriously. We're trying to shape these kids' minds and hearts right now. Because if you don't, the devil will. The president of Viacom says something really chilling. Viacom owns Nickelodeon and MTV. You know what he said? He said, our goal, mission in life, is to get your kids from the cradle to the grave. From Nickelodeon to MTV. And where we you going? (laughs) No, we need to pay attention. Because listen, the world has a mission, but we have a mission too. So not everything that comes across the screen is for our kids. And we have to teach them that stuff. Protect your family. Fellas, can you say amen? Amen. And now, ladies, if you allow me, I always have your back. You know that. If you've been here long enough, you know I got your back. But there's a but today. Fellas, don't leave me up here by myself. But listen, when I say the man is the pastor of the house, it doesn't mean we don't pastor together. I believe my wife and I are co-pastors. We're doing this together. But we need to know our roles. We need to play them well. Right? And so for the ladies, listen. Your main role is to nurture your family. It's in your DNA to be a nurturer. And thank God that you are a nurturer. Cuz I don't know where I would be. Like I don't know if you ever do this dudes, but sometimes I'm at home and I'm like, "Yo, if my wife's not here, I'm a mess." I have a rule when I'm by myself with the five, we ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Like, no, I'm dead serious. I'm like, yo, we're gonna order in. Whatever you need, I'm here, here. We're not going anywhere. (laughs) I I don't have that kind of faith. I did it a couple of times, it was bad. You know, you look around like, do I got five? Do I got five? Oh my god, I don't have five. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. What do you what you guys want? Want pizza? I'm gonna call it in. You want chicken cheese? Let's go in the basement. <laughs> We're gonna do something. We're gonna throw you around. Something. I'm not going anywhere. I'm lost. My daughter's like, dad, do my hair. I'm like, do what? Is there an app for that? I don't know what I'm doing. So nurturing is so critical, part of relationships. And so ladies, fully support your husband as they're trying to lead. They need you. They need you. You know, the kids know how to divide us. Have you noticed how the kids know what to go to? If it's something that they know dad is not lenient about, they go to mom. Mom. And they're so smart. There are some things they only bring up when mom's not home. Because they know mom already is like, you know, we talked about that. We dum-dums go, huh? <laughs> you, you want to do what? Okay. And then she comes over, and she's like, well, why would you do that? For- I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. But you are nurturers by nature. Now, here's the catch. You are a nurturer by nature, but your man needs a friend, not a mother. I see heads rolling and necks. Because I know what your comeback is. Your comeback is, if he doesn't want me to mother him, then he should stop acting like a baby. Oh, I know, I know. But listen, it's so important. Listen, you're a mother by nature. Like, you're nurturer. That's who you are. But you have to separate your kids from your husband. Because your husband is more likely to talk to you when he feels like he's talking to a friend, not a mother. We already got a mom. We need a wife. We need a friend. I tell you, you want, you want your husband to feel comfortable to share with you? Well, welcome him like a friend. And he's more likely to have a conversation with you when he doesn't feel like he's being talked at. A- Amen. <laughs> You know, after understand this about us guys, I'm going to give you a secret here. We already feel like we got work to do. Most guys are not as dumb as you think we are. <laughs> you know, because you're like, they don't get it. No, we do. We're just different. We don't articulate everything, but we're thinking, man, I got work to do. I, I need to be better. So we don't need to be reminded. We need to be encouraged. Let me give you a secret. Don't speak to him where he's at. Speak to him where you want him to be. Prophesy over him, encourage him, bless him, strengthen him. That goes a long way for a dude, man. Just encourage us. A little encouragement, we got to pep to our step. Going to work, honey. We don't do that, that's weird. We know who we are. I'm going to work. We try so hard not to be emotional. Oh, I'm going to work, but in the car you're like, uh. man, I gotta kind of balance this. I need some sports radio real quick. <laughs> Guys, you know what I'm talking about. You know, what don't leave me up here by myself. Yeah. Ladies, teach inner beauty and strength. That's what's really attractive. Again, this is a rated M word. Guys who already know what they want in life are looking for inner beauty and strength. I'm not talking about desperate dudes who still don't know what they are. They go for anything. But I'm telling you something. As a dude, when you see an attractive woman, you go talk to her. When she opens her mouth, that can make or break the deal. She could be the most beautiful person in the world, and she opens the mouth and you're like, nice to meet you. I'm going to avoid that drama. Save it for your mama. I'm telling you, inner beauty is attractive to a man who knows what they want in life. And for us, who have been married for a little while, and our women have kids. It's like, man, you appreciate them way more than just the superficial physical stuff. Like, the superficial, physical stuff, nothing wrong with it, but you want something deeper than that. If we're going to do life together, I need to be attracted to you in mind, body, and soul. Like, I want to be attracted to you on all levels. So go ahead and get your hair done and all that good stuff, but also get your soul done. Oh, man, that's a good word. I'm just saying, like, that's actually, that was a good word. That, That was a good word. Hey, right, but your soul is looking good. Like you know, <laughs> that's a line right there. That's a Christian line right there. You know. By the way, uh, dudes, don't lie. Talking about like I like her because she prays. The first thing you see is not that she prays. <laughs> hey, Christians be lying. Hey, that's not why you asked her out. I asked you out because I like the way you pray. <laughs> He's like, you're a liar. Right there. Red flag, ladies. Run. <laughs> you ain't telling the truth. Right? And then, ladies, you got to protect your house, too. You got to help protect your house. You know, one of the things I've appreciated now over the years, again, you got to deal with us. We develop a little bit later. But, but, but I've, I've learned to appreciate the fact that my wife has this, like, radar mm, that picks up stuff, you know. Like my wife has this radar when it's like a woman says hi to me and she goes, I didn't like the way she said, it. I'm like she just said hi. But she's like picking up stuff in the atmosphere. Like ooh, 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 ooh. satellite. So over the years I've learned to trust that hey God loves me so much that he gave me two Holy Spirits, so I'm gonna ride with it. I'm thankful that my wife can watch my blind sides. So protect your house, protect your family, protect your, your, your kids. I'm going really late here. You guys good? Can I talk to the single people in the house? The dating people in the house? The flirty people in the house? Okay. Like, I, I got some advice for you as your pastor with love. Okay. Watch this. If you're single, dating, engaged, don't play house. Ooh. Don't play house. Less headaches and less regrets. Don't put the cart before the horse. I'm telling you, this is so powerful. This is why I'm telling you there's an order to how God does things. He wants to bless you. And let me say this. This church, we have zero desire to condemn or judge anyone. Our desire is to see you blessed and to see you holy, to see you in the will of God and the purpose of God. And I say, like, learn to do it God's way. By the way, there's a major difference between judgment and conviction. Like we have to stop with this shallow thing that if someone is trying to call you out on something because they care about you, they're judging you. No, they're trying to bring conviction so you can be better, so you can be in a better place in your life. Don't play house, less regrets. If he's not willing to commit to a commitment through marriage, then he doesn't deserve marriage privileges. Uh Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh-oh. Like seriously, immature dudes, let me talk to immature dudes. Immature dudes wanna see how much they can get away with without committing. And you have to say, no, 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 we're not there yet. Talk to me when, I'm telling you, God will bless your life. He's trying to bless you and your legacy and your kids. And he's saying, look, don't put the cart before the horse. Ask a ton of questions if you're dating someone. I believe dating should be like private investigation. (laughs) Like, I need to know what I'm getting myself into. I believe this, my friends. It's the second biggest decision of your life. The first one is to give your life to Jesus. The second one is, who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? That's a big time commitment. And I need to know as much as I can about you. Because when you get married, there's still a leap of faith. But man, I want to take this leap of faith with as much homework as possible. This is why young people, I usually encourage young people, like when you start getting feelings with someone, don't just go exclusive right away. Because that's a mistake. When you go exclusive right away, that you and that person are trying to pretend to be something that you're not. Like, my, my, my encouragement to you is, is go out in, in, in public settings, with group settings so you can really see the person. Because if you go just by yourself, the, 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 there's a tension of, "I don't want to mess this up." So guess what? I'm not even going to order any food." And that's the problem. as a like, dude, I need to know what I'm dealing with. I need to know my bills in the future look like based on, like I need to, I need to factor this in. Like, like uh, how much are we going to need in groceries because homegirl could throw down. But when we were dating, you were always fasting. But like, I need to know who is the real person sitting across from me. And usually you show who you really are when you are, when your guard is down with your friends. So pay attention. If you like someone, don't declare it. Pay attention. Watch how they interact with each other. Because homegirl is quiet with you, but she crazy with her friends. <laughs> like, pay attention, guys. I don't know why this, this really convicts me. I don't know why, but maybe it's the Holy Spirit. But pay attention to how he talks to his mom. Because when the feelings are over, he's going to treat you the way he treats his mom. Pay, pay attention in surroundings. Pay attention when they need to make a decision. Pay attention when they're stress. <laughs> this stuff is all going to come. Yeah. Problem is, in our society, they like, say, hey, I like you. I'm physically attracted to you. So let's skip all of these. Let's just sleep together. You got people sleeping with each other they don't even know. Because physically attraction is just one component of the bigger picture. Am I attracted to you physically, emotionally, and spiritually? Listen, look for full compatibility, mind, body, and soul. Because that's the best relationship you will ever have. Is when all three are locked in together. And I would encourage you, if you're single, don't settle for anything that doesn't look like full compatibility. When you feel like, man, listen, I can say this proudly. I don't just love my wife. I like her. I like spending time with her. She's my best friend. Like, like I love her as a person, mind, body, and soul. Like, I thank God I never dread going home because I like being home. I'm a homebody. Like, I'm like my mom. My mom, listen. My mom comes to church. She's right there. As soon as church is over, she's like, I'm going home. <laughs> that's how I am. If I'm not in church, I'm at home. Like, that's why when we get into fights, it's the worst. So I'm like, where am I going to go? <laughs> like, I literally drive around to Sydney Bedford. Like, what am I doing? Is there a movie playing? I can sit somewhere by myself. Hey, I got nobody to call. (laughs) This is sad. I'm going to (laughs) stop. So I'm like, yo, it's been 20... I got to go home. Uh, Honey, I'm sorry. Can I go in the basement now? Can I just... (laughs) (laughs) This is too real, right? (laughs) Can we end on an awkward note today? I want to talk about sex doesn't matter how old we get. We still get tense about talking about sex. Like we're between the highest, he said sex. <laughs> Let's talk about sex because that's a big part of relationships, isn't it? Uh, did you know this? Back in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, the first reference of sex was made when God said to Adam, you're going to go cling to her and you'll become one. One was a sexual reference. He's saying this is how you consummate a marriage. You know when you go to divorce court? The judge will ask, was this marriage consummated? That's how powerful sex is. When you have sex with someone, you're saying, we are tying our souls and spirit together. You see why we can't take that lightly? It can't be a casual thing. So my advice to us, church, again, we're all a work in progress. We all have things we need to work on, and we believe in grace. We believe in healing. We believe in forgiveness. But the best sex you will ever have is only with your spouse. That's the best sex you will ever have. If you reserve it for your spouse, you're going to have the biggest fulfillment of what actual sex is, which is commitment and intimacy with the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And not anybody should have that place. Two becomes one. And you know why our society is jacked up when it comes to relationships? Because here we are having multiple marriages without realizing it. So you see why sometimes you can break up with someone, but you haven't moved on because part of your soul was tied to that person. You gave the most sacred part of your being to someone who didn't commit to you. See, this is why we have a better chance of having great sex when we are in a Marriage, commitment, and covenant. Why? Because we're saying, God, you are in the middle of this thing. You anoint this thing. It's more than just an evolution thing. This is a spiritual thing where I'm I'm not just connected to you physically. I'm connected to you emotionally. I'm connected to you spiritually. But thank God for the grace of God that comes to break generational curses off of us and starts a new normal in us. Because sex is powerful. The Bible says don't awaken love before it's time. Why? Because it's hard to put that back once you open that door. So the greatest sex you will ever have is with your spouse. When you make that commitment to say, God, I'm going to live my life in the fullest of your will, and I'm not going to open that door because that's the door. Listen, that's the only thing that separates your marriage from every other relationship. Think about it. That's the only thing you do with the spouse. You don't do that with just anybody else. You can have close friends, but you don't sleep with them. Because why? That's, that's a place trusted just for a married couple. and which the world says, this is why, you know, church is so old school, antiquated, you know, we moved on. But the reality is, yeah, we moved on, but we're not happy. That's the truth. That's why we have to sleep around to try to somehow find happiness. But the more we're doing that, the more we're tangling our souls to other things. And God saying, no, no, I want to start a new normal to show you. I actually, God created it. He says, I want to bless your life. I want you to be happy in a way that's, that you have no regrets. And your kids will be blessed by this. Let me, so let me end with this. Let me show you what the Bible says about sex. Powerful. I pray you catch this. Look at this. There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in scriptures, the two become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever, the kind of sex that can never become one. There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies, these bodies that were made for God-given and god model love, for becoming one with one another. Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God pays such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole work, so let people people see God in and through your body. That's powerful. That's powerful. The world has taken something so sacred and made it so casual. And we wonder why our relationships don't work. Because it's not the order that God created it to be. But the beautiful thing, like I said, is my friends, we're all on a journey. There's no condemnation here. The Bible says for those who are in Jesus, there is no more condemnation. You can put your past under the will and the grace and the forgiveness and the power and the will of God. And you can say, as for, me, as for me, starting this day forward, I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to honor him with my body. I'm going to honor him with my life. And I'm not going to let anything come into my life that doesn't belong to his will. That's the decision that Joshua was talking about. So me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So all of us, my friends, are welcome to pursue the grace of God. None of us is disqualified. That's the beautiful thing about grace. Grace is a gift for all of us. To come to the will of God, we have to unlearn a lot of what we learn from the world. I've had to do it. I got saved when I was 20 years old. I I was out there doing my thing. And God got a hold of me and said, no, you're going to be a man of God. And these are my principles. These are my structure. And I'm grateful that he allowed me to come into that. So all of us are welcome to come into the grace and the purpose and the will of God. No one is disqualified. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more or less. He loves you just as you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more and more like his son Jesus, doing his will and being fully fulfilled, happy, satisfied because you're doing it according to his will. Can you say amen? Let's stand together as we pray this morning. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share it with a friend. And for more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.